So our concept for this is pros versus Joes, right? What is this, amateur hour? 37 minutes. Engage. Engage. On location podcast. Pro versus Joe. That's it. Everybody's I've had it with this jump. But I'm too slick. Better pick up the game. Stay ring. We can't do this. It's, it's, it's over. That's a, that's a cool story, too. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets heads are falling off. What are we calling this? Pros versus, or not pro, pro versus. I don't know who you are. Joe, pro and Joe. Pros versus Joe. I don't know what you want. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Mildly hairy chest here. Um, I've, I don't feel so bad. I'm showing a little more skin than normally do, but... Uh, <laughs> Number one, this is more of a laid-back uh, ambiance with Pro versus Joe. So we're just chilling here. Got back from a short little run with my son. I'm listening to it right now. It's uh, the Django. It's obviously the Django. The Django. Django. Podcast. I'm done. And we had some dinner and uh, had some free time. So trying to get this sucker uh, edited so we can get it out to the people because that's what the people want, right? I was trying to think of something funny to tie in, you know, running with um, running a business. Um, and also because you'll see we got some, uh, a friend and, uh, and myself were going to run a um, half marathon and um, some other things got in the way to where that's not going to happen but I did get some the Diojo podcast tank tops and uh, dry fit long sleeves so um, don't have a formal process just yet but if, if those are if you're interested in merch we have it <laughs> we just don't have a formal process for ordering it or distributing it so anyways but I was thinking like Actually, this is uh, unashamedly. I'm gonna do a poop joke, but um, you come out with stink like that, poop, poop mouth, poop out of your mouth. If you, the one thing about if you're gonna do a longer run is if you feel like even remotely need to go number one or number two, do it. Okay, do it. And the same thing I think applies in business. If you're getting ready to have a long meeting, make sure you schedule in some time where you got a long drive to go meet with a client or you know, you're gonna sit down for a marathon podcasting sesh. Um, make sure you go number one and or number two before those big events so that way you can fully focus and be committed to seeing the thing through. Um, stay hydrated. It helps with number one and number two. Helps with your mentals, and um, keeps you keeps you focused. And also, number one tip for running, which also applies to businesses: never run with somebody faster than you. Never. It's not a good idea. You'll always feel. Or do you always run with somebody faster than you? So that way it motivates you. I guess it really depends on 
some people some people really need uh, a friend and I were talking about this while we were running some people really need that encouraging voice where it's like yeah you can do this keep going so we're thinking about like an app would be cool and maybe it's already been made because we're not that inventive but you know for, so people that need that, that that's probably more of those out there but mine's more like um, you know uh, you know uh, your your fat ass isn't gonna, gonna get, get rid, rid of itself, so keep going. You know, um, you know. Is, is that, that all you got? got? Are, are you are you, you running, running into a, with a walker today? Um, you know, yeah. So okay. your age is really starting to show. Pick it up, old man. <laughs> that would be a good app. Terrible. Yes. but great. <laughs> that. Would that would be a good one. Uh, honestly, uh, we're trying to keep this as safe for work as possible. Uh, our app would say a lot more things, and that's kind of why this is coming out choppy, because I don't want to say those things. We don't know each other that well yet, you know, our tens of followers. <laughs> so if we ever have our meetup, maybe we can talk about what we'd really say to our inner selves. If you're watching the video, you'll notice I changed my clothes halfway through recording the opening. <laughs> That's because I recorded the wrong opening for the wrong episode, so I had to take out some of it. So, you know, every now and again we make mistakes, but uh, if I didn't mention it, you wouldn't know. But uh, anyways, this a uh, little bit more of a broader uh, perspective, we recap parts of episode 5 from the Dojo podcast. Podcast, talk about technology, um, things that Brian and Brandon are learning at All American, and uh, how those relate to our industry. It is very encouraging, you know, to be around people new to the industry. I think, you know, I wrote an article about this for the Intentional Restorer, where it's a good way if you're feeling burned out or frustrated. Um, or just not as passionate as you used to be to connect with people who are coming into the industry. And it's a great way. There should be that give and take, you know, where um, you give back and uh, you take maybe some encouragement from the young guys. Crazy. Try it out. I think it's a fun discussion. Um, we try to keep it light. So if you if you haven't already, please subscribe on our YouTube, the Diojo YouTube Listen, subscribe, leave a rating on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google for our podcast audio episodes. And uh, keep up to date. Um, if you want your email added to the list, go to thediojo.com or thediojopodcast.com. Uh, I try not to send out too much mail, so we do more like once a month. So, anyways, thank you so much for listening. Our viewers are climbing both in the views of the videos and subscribers. So, we appreciate it. Enjoy Pro versus Joe. All right. Well, Hey, Brian. How's hey, it going John. there, guy? It's going good. How are you? Brian. Hello. No, nice a little, mic. A little jealous. Yours, we, I think we established we have the same brand, but yours obviously has some op, uh, customization. You got, that, you got that fancy cover on, though. Yeah, my son bought me an arm. So it's got this arm, oh, right? Okay. And then uh, I think this is supposed to keep the mouth breather noises. Oh man, we're such pros. Yeah, 
and so um so we'll see i was hoping maybe it would help um drown out some of the background noise so we'll see um but yeah uh so man you got the jordan jersey on i do you going back through and watching um watching it all over again the last dance watched it, watched it twice so you know i figured you always gotta I haven't worn this jersey, I think, since maybe high school. So it's a little big. Oh, dang. Really? <laughs> yeah, just in the back of my closet. So I'm like, hey, that's kind of awesome. fun to throw it on. Yeah, the, the retro. Did yeah. you watch the um, 30 for 30 on Lance Armstrong? I did. I, what did, you, did you watch it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we watch TV like when we go to bed. And so my wife will be there and all of a sudden you hear, you know, she's asleep and then mm-hmm. – same i'll like come in and out so i have oh, yeah. i can't it, say it, it i've took, seen it all took of me it. a good it's only two episodes right it took me a good maybe two weeks to to watch Ooh. it yeah i mean it's not as exciting as basketball right i mean kudos to those guys i, I couldn't do that even if i no it's more like i just it was weird for me because like i and like most americans like you had such an affinity for him and like what he did was so inspiring i mean i had a live strong bracelet for however yeah. many years yeah yeah but then to just see how much of like hard in the french like an asshole the guy is he's an asshole sir i know that what's his name that is his name sir asshole major asshole yeah you know where you're just like and he doesn't care he he like yeah the, michael jordan was and that was what was really interesting was watching the you know both him and michael jordan were great right but then you see michael jordan was just really competitive but still yeah. people liked him. Lance Armstrong was just suing, killing, like w- whatever he could to win. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. He's well, just like. What was uh, Jordan pushed people to be better, right? Like, you know, a, a lot of guys yeah. say, I didn't always like it, but he, he definitely, and he, and he held the standard, right? And uh, right. that was the one point Lance Armstrong said that. He goes, you know, LeBron, um, I don't remember who else he mentioned. I can't remember if he said Jordan. He goes, I'm in that category. You know, I should be. But do I care? No. You know. <laughs> I personally enjoy listening to podcasts when I'm driving or doing surveys or out on a job site or even in the office doing work. And so I recently found this one behind the bastards. And um, he looks at uh, it's a look through history at some of the most nefarious characters in history. And his ad transitions are impeccable. Um, so he'll be talking about somebody that dumped nuclear waste somewhere and say, you know what doesn't dump nuclear waste into oceans? And then blah, blah, blah. He'll plug the product. And um, so, uh, you know, what you know what shouldn't be listed with the greats like LeBron and Michael Jordan? The book we're about to release, Be Intentional Estimating. Um, I was thinking uh, one aspect of the book is um, I remember after the recession. So I had the last great recession. I had my own business completely tanked, completely died. Um, that was devastating. Um, but of that are included in the book and probably will be in the upcoming collaborative book that I'm doing. <laughs> I've been working on for some time now. Um, but uh, it, on um, episode 20 with Rachel Stewart, we talked about she launched her 
career in restoration during the last recession and some of the lessons they've learned at her company. So I wanted to play a clip of that just to plug other episodes of the Dojo podcast. So here we go. Let's uh, listen to Rachel Stewart, author of Unqualified Success. Again, the, the 2008 um, crisis was a personal crisis for our family or whatever that then it led, led me to go back in to employment. So I think just in general, like, and that's been one of the best things in my life, like having this opportunity and growing and all of the things that have come out of it, like that would have never happened without that crisis. So I think that's the first one is just that a lot of times when we're in something that's really difficult and it feels, um, really heavy and really bad um but what it like the change that it forces in yeah. you know you to take and some of the the steps that take that you end up having to go down in the road that you end up um can actually be you know one of the biggest blessings in your life um, when you look back on it so i think i do think that that crisis can lead to opportunity let me hit you with some knowledge that crisis can lead to opportunity so i would say that first first. Um, secondly, you know, one of the things that we did in the 2008 um, is that we were really careful about cash. Um, and I think everybody's kind of talking about that. Um, but um, we've always kind of run the operations to, you know, be be slim, be efficient, manage overhead, all of those kind of things. And so, um, you know, we we never really kind of got into leveraging for our equipment or the next thing. We, we're also all careful about like growing, at, you know, with the cash that um, was generated from the business. So being really careful about not leveraging, over leveraging. Um, and and um, then the other thing is we got really careful about collections. If you're good at something, never do it for free. If you're not on top of your AR, now's the time to really get on top of your AR because that's one of the things that we saw. So yeah, yeah, insurance kept paying and all that kind of stuff. But if those checks went to the homeowner and they were in a tight situation and stuff like that, trying to get that money later. So yeah. being really strict about your your policy there, you know, and working with the insurance company to figure out what their policy is um, about getting work offers, like anything with a two-party check. Um, following that money all the way so you know and, and all it takes sometimes is really great communication with the homeowner so they know what to expect and you know when that check is getting there and you're saying okay a check's coming tomorrow somebody will be by to pick it up all of those kind of things so uh, you're, you're not sitting there waiting because if you're waiting three weeks and then try to go follow up it can be a difficult situation depending upon you know the situation that that they're in and so trying to be you know understanding and compassionate about that but also right. where your money is um like uh you probably care you know well, like, what i i thought was really interesting was uh he retired and he won i think what seven in a row and then seven Jeez. yeah six or seven and and it was funny i was talking to my wife about how i re i remember uh, because the tour de France obviously always happens uh, at the same you know time period of the year, yeah. and it was always my family and I. We would always go to Sun River when I was in high school okay. and junior high. So like we, every year it was like we seemed to be in Sun River when the Tour de France was on, and so it was this big deal. You would watch and see the updates and stuff like that. And so he wins six or seven, whatever it is, he retires, and then he goes two or three years and doesn't race, and nothing. He's 
No one thinks he's a cheater. Yeah. He's running Livestrong, all that. Then he sees the guy that wins. I think he was from Italy. And he's like, oh, I can beat that dude. And so he decides to start racing again. But then Floyd Landis, who's the other guy that got caught for cheating, that literally, like, he won the yellow jacket, won the, won the race, and then, like, 10 minutes later, they're like, you got caught for cheating. Take the jacket off. Oh, dang. So, well, he was Lance's teammate before. Yeah. And so he wanted to get on the team that Lance was going to start, I think, in 09 or whatever year it was. But they told him, no, you can't be on the team. You're too, you're, uh, you're too much of a risk. Oh. And so that literally that night when they said you can't be on it, he started ratting Lance Armstrong out. And that's well, what led to – Because they were all, all of, doing it, right? Yeah, the whole sport. I mean, literally yeah. the, the year – they showed that the year before Lance Armstrong won his first one, like it was like 50% of the, of the tour got banned or something like that. Some crazy thing. Oh, but you think about it. If he wouldn't have come back, Lance Armstrong would have been – Oh, thought of as you know, he never really got caught. Yeah, yeah. He lived strong or what? I mean, think about that. Like, yeah. what would what would he be in the world right now? Would if he be just, like an Oprah type of right? If he would have just had seven and been done, you know? I don't know. I just, I thought that I didn't know that about his story, but I just I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I missed a I I must have missed a bunch of that stuff because that. I think we've watched both episodes, but didn't catch it. But yeah, he doesn't. It's at the end of the second one. Doesn't come across as a very, I thought he won like five, but he was a great story, right? He survived cancer and was kind of, and that's what that one gal mentions, you know, she's like, you know, there's so much good that's been done. And I think that's a dichotomy of a lot of people, right? There's a lot of good that gets done. And well, and I, you know, I thought when I saw they were talking about everything he would do for cancer, I, I immediately thought of Russell Wilson. Mm. And, but what they said was interesting about Lance was every single time he went to the hospital to see someone that had cancer, he never let cameras come yeah, in. Yeah. He would go in and have one-on-one. So it's like, how can you be compassionate and like that good at that, you know, that stuff? Yeah. But then you're just behind the scenes. You're just a straight jerk. Yeah. I used to really like Ramses. I wanted to become him. But it turns out he's a real douche. I don't know. Well, it, it, it was weird. It was weird. I think that's, you know, to some degree, the morality of it, right, is the, um, you know, I felt bad. There's that one guy, I guess, Lance beat the two years that he came back to Ulrich or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and, and was just, uh, so you saw the times, it was like 6-6, six, six, and the closest the guy got to him was like one minute or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but um, there's this book I read a while back, and it, it talked about, like, one, one of the, it was kind of, horrorish book but uh they get these sores and there's a quote in there where it's like um once you stop caring about the sores and you kind of give into it that's when it takes over and i think morality is a little bit that way right if Mm -hmm. you start to take that decline once you justify it then you have to justify your justification and you have to keep protecting it right and then ultimately, right? Like you said, 50%, if everybody's doing it, baseball, right? I mean, like. Yeah. Well, yeah, you think about Barry Bonds. I mean, he won, what, four MVPs before he started juicing? And yeah. so it's like he still was good. And that's yeah. what they said. One of the bike riders had said about Lance Armstrong was like, yeah, he doped. But the fact that he won six or seven in a row, he's like, that's, you know, that's 20 days times, you know, six or seven in a row that yeah. you're riding up and down this mountain terrain you're not falling once you're yeah. not getting sick you're not getting injured for six straight years that's like 100 yeah. 
whatever, 20, something like that. That like that in itself yeah. is a feat. Yeah. I mean, they show yeah. this one where he's coming around a corner and that a dude guy bails. just, he bails right in front yeah. of him and he has to ride down the hill and cuts through like a switchback, hops over a ditch and gets back on and he's totally fine. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I so remember they were saying it was amazing he didn't fall over or whatever, but. One, two, it's like people, I don't know, people get a tiff about sports. It certainly made baseball a lot more interesting, right? I, you look at the athletes of today, it's like, I don't know. You, you kind of wonder, is anybody clean, right? You know, because they're just beasts, you know? Well, and I think it's, it's so interesting. Like you think they say like people like LeBron or Russell Wilson, they spend over a million dollars a year just on their body. Yeah. From nutrition to hyperbaric chambers to yeah. training, things like that. Tom Brady, same thing. I mean, he's eating yeah. avocado ice cream and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's nuts to think like how good would Hank Aaron or Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan, you know, athletes, before, Babe Ruth. Yeah. You know, if they were well, naturally did you see good. The, the video of like Mike Tyson like oh yeah he's like um, he's like he, he looks again. scarier now than he did back then <laughs> so quick yeah that's crazy well and it's would, would you I, watch him fight would you oh if he if yeah. he fought like holyfield or whatever like they're talking would you pay for the pay-per-view i would oh holy evander holyfield again hmm. yeah say, yeah one of is holyfield or i don't remember who, maybe lennox lewis i can't remember but one of those yeah one of those yeah, guys he's, that he's age. insane he's insane um yeah, I don't know that the, the sports thing is tricky, you know, the morality of sports and whatever, and I don't know. I, I've never been I've never been that good of an athlete to, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, me neither. <laughs> been on the verge. It's like the best athletes are the ones that are doping, you know, so it's right. like, or on, you know, so who knows. But, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Um, so what are, you, what are you smoking tonight? La Aroma de Cuba. La Aroma de Cuba this came in, uh, and I think it's a Mia Moore. So La Aroma de Cuba is the brand, and then Mia Moore is the oh. yeah. Came in that mother load pack I got. You get a? Did you say every Father's Day you get a a big bundle? Yeah, there's a website that I go to, uh, Cigars International. It's a great okay. site. If you want to sponsor the podcast, I'd gladly. Uh, I don't know about yep. you, John, but I'd gladly take that. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> we just gotta. Um, yeah. But every I've learned five years in a row now, um, they have a huge like Father's Day blowout sale, mm. which is perfect for us in Washington. Like you don't really smoke cigars in the winter; it's too cold, too wet. Um, but I got one. You can get seven separate five packs for a hundred and nine dollars. Holy cow! So you get you know thirty five cigars for what five six bucks a. Damn. And I like I was telling you, there was a couple in there that came that, you know, at Thunderbird they're twelve thirteen bucks a stick. Like yeah. That was that one that made me uh, took yeah, me the, to the brink. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say it was a, a, a Alec a, Bradley is the brand, and then the the cigar is a Prensado. 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 I was gonna say Perdomo, but that's all right. But um, but yeah, so I, I kind of on this regular schedule now, where I'll season my humidor in like May or June, order okay. the pack, and like stock up for the the spring and summer. So what is uh what do you mean by um, seasoning your humidor? You're much more advanced than I am. Oh, I guess I should say, I'm smoking a leaf by Oscar. Now you gotta show that. Show show it. Look at that. It thing. Came wrapped in um you know That's some cool. of the tobacco in uh he just recently I guess last week they were like eleven and now they're about nine. You said it was a, a Dennis Rodman cigar or a, who no was this it? this isn't the Carl Malone cigar that um. 
that one he was saying you know those celebrity cigars a lot of times they're you know just kind of a gimmick and uh the carl malone one is a la aurora barrel aged by carl malone and i asked him and he said apparently carl malone got the tobacco and worked the mix out himself and ages Good. it on his you know ranch or whatever <laughs> have you ever uh the only celebrity cigar i've ever smoked was the brand camacho have you heard of that brand doesn't ring a bell um but they had the mike ditka edition oh okay and yeah that one's good was it decent mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 so this one's pretty good okay so aging your humidor um seasoning you season. seasoning yep so you you gotta do that you, once you, a year or um well you're supposed to do it like once a month when you have it so you have to figure out how many cigars your uh your humidor holds so mine okay. holds about 50 but then i have those like little huma care jars in it you know yeah. that have the beads in it to help keep the moisture so mine with that and it'll hold i think like 40 okay. and so if you don't have your cigar like your humidor at full capacity it's not going to hold the humidity mm. so that's why i'll kind of really season it up at the beginning of the spring and then i'll order a big pack like i did so that's why um, I can got, tell my wife I gotta keep it stocked or else it's not gonna exactly. hold humidity. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do some people yeah, then stock it with like some like just kind of generic ones on the bottom to kind of keep? Yeah, yeah, just space. buy crap. Yeah, crappy ones, but you gotta have that. You gotta have it filled, or the wood will just suck all the moisture out of it. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. So okay. then you have to use distilled water. You can't use regular water. I don't okay. know why, but it something about it being distilled water. And you have to get all the wood wet, but not um, damp where you like see puddles of water because then mold yeah. will form, you know, and then we'll yeah, have yeah. to abate our uh, yeah. humidor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you just have, because then you'll have your little, uh, well, what's the humidity reader name? I can't remember. But you want to, or you want to get the, the humidity up to like 64 to 70%. Okay. Um, so you just basically do it once a night until you hit that level. So I'm on my third night right now and it's, it's at like 68. So then I can just put my cigars in there and then monitor it. And then with yeah. that Humicare, um, those jars, all you do is like once every 10 days, you just fill it up a quarter um, of the way up with more distilled water. And that'll okay. help just maintain the, the humidity levels in there. Huh. So then you don't get dry cigars. I think, um, so I conditioned mine. I did use tap water. So, um, you know, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a faux pas. That's a Joe move. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a, a, one of those baggies. I don't remember what they're called, but the, the Ovita packs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I need to get the, the stuff that you're talking about. So same. It's cool said- because if you go, if you go on that website, the, everything to like season your humidor, cause you can go on their YouTube channel and they'll have, here's how to do it. Mm. But all of the jars and the, the wipes or the Bovita packs, like it's all, each thing only costs like three or four bucks. You know, I think that might have been the – do they have their own, like, blue label, purple label? I think I it was either that or, like, Cigar.com or something like that. I used to get a sample There's, pack like, three big – yeah, there's three yeah. big um, big ones I've ordered from. But Cigars International is always, like, my go-to. Because when I first got into cigars, I got the – I still have it, the, the cylinder plastic one that's got the thing at the top. And then I would get their kind of sampler pack – which they say actually is the is better if you're not going to have more than ten or fifteen cigars at any time, use that one because it'll hold the humidity. Oh, okay. So, you know, yeah. if you get a three hundred, you know, they have those those humidors that are like five hundred capacity. Well, you got to have that many cigars in there. So yeah, yeah. 
Well, up until just because of convenience, until you showed me Thunderbird, um, or I think my buddy Greg showed it to me uh, just before we went to the cigar bar. But they um, mm -hmm. over here by Albertsons, there's a it's called Cigar Land, and it's just like a smoke shop or whatever. Yeah, and their their humidor's is like a display case, so they're always dry. But you yeah, know, if you just if you're gonna smoke it that night, it's not too shabby. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. What are you drinking? Anything special? Got a little Johnny Walker Black tonight. Oh, you're going fancy. A little, little smoky. That's uh, yeah, I but mean, it's from Costco. It's the Costco bottle, so I'm not really that fancy. Yeah, but still, I mean, you've got uh, you've got a pro palette for cigars and for um, for the the beverages. Okay, the so drink. I guess that brings up a funny story, right? So this is <laughs> Camp 1805, uh, which is really good. Hood River. And I don't remember they they got um, they got started off um, making rum. I, mm. Maybe I've already told the story. I think I told the story <laughs> on one of them. But um, so when they got into whiskey, I'm not sure if they make their own whiskey, but they age it themselves, which is fairly mm. common, right? And um, they but they whatever that last round six months or whatever they age it in the rum barrels. So it has mm. just a hint, and you've you've now tasted yeah, it, it was right? Yeah, good. It was good. It's, just a hint the, of sweetness. The little, the little bit that was left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the funny story, right? So these come in, you know, it's a pretty nice bottle and it's uh, decently priced, but it's not cheap and it's taped and everything. And I had it in the bag and, you know, Joe move, stupid. Um, I had it laying down in the back seat and it just happened to be, you know, one of the hot days. So a hot day here in Washington is 80 degrees, right? And it might've crept up mm -hmm. around 85. Well, well, in the car, in the car, it's probably 100. We were meeting that Friday, and I think that Wednesday I had put something in the car, a big box. That might have hit it, or the heat might have hit it. But Thursday morning I get in the truck, and I'm like, why does my car smell like – my truck smell like whiskey? And I was like, no, oh, no, no. And so I go in there, and sure enough, there's what, maybe like two pours, three pours worth in, if, the, if, yeah, if that. in the bottom of the bottle. So um, – <laughs> So then I brought it over and uh, you at least got to try a couple of, couple of rounds, but um, yeah. yeah, it's really good stuff. It's so. good. I liked it. It was, it was, it was tasty. I'll get you a full bottle because I think I'm going back this week um, to white salmon, which is just across the river. It's a Washington side of Hood River. Have you ever been to Hood was, River? Mm -mm. It's pretty nice out there. Down there? It's <clears throat> is it down and over yeah down and east. down and over along the Columbia oh it's, River. is it like oh, okay uh along you take 84 and then it's kind of oh is it, is it down where that bridge you go over the the, the huge bridge over the river is that um river? let's see but, well i went into portland and i went 84 and then i think that transition over is the one that you take to get up into yakima i don't remember what that um, so I th i've been that way because i think God, I can't remember what that place is. is it Junction City? Junction City's down by Albany and Salem. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm a Washingtonian. Yeah. Not an Oregonian. Yeah, Junction City. It's uh that's well, or yeah, Eugene. That's out just outside of Eugene. So there might I maybe mean, there may be another Junction City. It seems like a pretty generic name. <laughs> maybe every every state has their own. So um yeah, so the we got the whiskeys going. We got uh you're you're teaching me, you're proing me up on those things. 
So and we're in you, phase we're in phase two, John. Have you been to a restaurant? Yeah, you went to a, a bar last eat? night. Ooh, where'd you go? Uh, Cheers over by okay. Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> it was Did they nice. know your name? Yeah, no, no. Uh, Dude, this one guy though, he bumps into me, like swacks me two times. He's already, I mean, we got there maybe like nine. He's yeah. already like fried. And uh, so it's pretty funny because he whacked me in the arm a couple times. He was like, Damn, what are you doing here, man? And I was like, did you get here early? And he's like, Dude, I, 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 I never, I never, this is bullshit, man. We're going to open all of them. And then later on when I was cashing out, like he whacked me and like his hand went pretty close to my butt. And I was like, dude, I was like, first it's my arm and now it's my ass. Like pretty soon, you know, things are going to get weird. <laughs> so It's funny. We went to uh, get takeout at uh, Mr. Jalapeno Mexican restaurant in Bonnie Lake. And I was talking to the owner cause they were just pat- like the line was yeah, out yeah. the every, every, I mean, hop jacks everywhere in Bonnie Lake was just slammed with people. And there was like maybe 15, 20 people in line for takeout too. And I was talking to the owner of the restaurant when he was uh, getting my bill ready. And he's like, stupid Jay Inslee. He gave us no heads up. He oh. told us at 12 o'clock. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, Jay Inslee hit. I mean, I, we told my story a couple, couple weeks ago on the, yeah. on the show. And like, it's yeah. like Friday at 1230. Uh, the, these restaurants that. Yeah, these restaurants that have had all of their employees pretty much laid off for the most part. Yeah. And they're just expected on a Friday to yeah. be fully operational when and not expect them to have probably the longest lines they've had in God knows how long because yeah. people are ready to go out to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that was, you could it's, tell people are just like, I don't care the, where the, it is, the, we're going. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is good, but I, they're not going to be mad about the business, but I, I, you just feel bad, you know, like business owner to business owner. You're like, yeah. man, like, yeah, there's no Thanks, foresight dude. by uncle Jay. Well, some people were saying it's like we're phase one B or whatever. It's like not full well, phase Yeah, King two. County's phase one and a half, I think is what they said. God. They're just <laughs> making this stuff up as they yeah. go. It's like, seriously. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, uh, you know, that's been one good thing we discovered, um, my friend Greg that I referenced, um, he, there's a, uh, right by our Albertsons, there's a tucked in, there's a Mexican restaurant. It's really good. You know, so we've been going there quite a bit, you know, trying to do the once a week thing, at least, you know, order out from a yeah. local place and mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. We They're try to do that people too. too. So, um, yeah. it's been nice. Well, you mentioned, um, speaking of, you know, uh, innovation and whatnot. So you listened to, I think you sent me over some notes for episode five, right? That was with uh, Andrew McCabe on, yeah. what do we title that? Innovation is the only way forward, basically. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of that conversation, I had reached out to him about uh, Matterport. That's not something I'm as familiar with. I know the tech, but I haven't. I've used 3D cameras, um, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Matterport integrates um, into um, but into uh, Xactimate, or you can pay to have it done. So I know a lot of our listeners reached out after that episode and chimed mm. in. So, but you had a pretty good list of questions. Hundred, hundreds of emails you received, John. Hundreds. I just inundated. I mean, God, inundated. I gotta get a, you. Gotta get a new inbox, yeah. man. You gotta yeah. gotta yeah. filter it. Well, once Cigar International <laughs> starts sponsoring us, you know hey. this can become a full time gig. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Or Thunderbird, maybe the. 
Well, yeah, I did. Um, I think I told you, we won't name names yet, but I did reach out to a cigar company and they sounded like they were going to send us a sampler pack, but it hasn't happened yet. That was several weeks ago. So, you know, seal the deal, John, you got to seal it. Yeah. I'll call them. I'll tell them, listen, guys, this is ridiculous. I've told listen, all man. 40 of my listeners. So pressure's on. So. <laughs> and now for a not so subtle ad break. It's really eerie, yeah. but it's, it's great to be here. I mean, look, I can't yeah. just, yeah. you can't get enough of this. Yeah. If anyone was on the fence of, oh, maybe I should, you know, I don't know if I should go in this direction. Right now is not the time for, for sitting and, yeah. and wringing your hands and trying to make a decision. Right. Make a decision. The road of life is paved with squirrels that couldn't make a decision. Uh. Okay? <laughs> so don't get run over. Make a decision and go yeah. with it. Yeah. Right. What's your, your, your hashtag is uh, thickest file wins, right? Thickest so. file wins, baby. Yep. <laughs> So let's dig into your, you had some really good questions. What, uh, or thoughts yeah. as well. well. It was interesting because like we talked about before, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty pro tech type of guy. I try to Apple guy. Know, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. Apple, all the, you know, the iPad on site rather than using the, you know, quote old school methods of, you know, drawing it on paper. And, but, um, I was just really interested Top's in that fired. whole, no, <laughs> actually, there's, there's have, many ways to skin a cat. I have adapted to. I've got graph paper on my iPad now. Here, I'll show you, there you go. just to give people an example. So we do asbestos surveys, right? Mm -hmm. And it actually, I've learned a little bit from you, and you can actually, yeah. it is pretty nice with the highlight sections because you can still do it to scale. You can mark out where you've taken your samples. And then if a floor carries over from a different room, which is a big deal mm. if you're trying to bid yeah. it. Um, so I, I've adapt, I have adapted. I've, I'm trying to adapt from the graph paper now. The millennial ways are rubbing off on you, huh? In good notes. Yep. So, well, you, you do that on the, you send me the measurements from the Bosch um, laser level yeah. and then you mark out doors and right. affected areas and stuff like that. And that's really helpful. Well, so. and, and I thought, I, cause I had never heard of that Matterport, camera system yeah. um and then when he was talking about how he uh doesn't want to send out you know whether it's him or someone else that's you know the 125 you know an hour or whatever yeah. they you know an estimator is you know when that guy's on the job that that's money wasted rather yeah. let, let's get a system where you can put someone that's a 30 dollar an hour employee yeah give them the technology so that they can still do quality measurements but all they have, all they're responsible is to take the footage, right? Yeah. And then, then the estimator can take that footage and create the estimate. Um, so I thought that was really cool as we're talking about, you know, scaling, like every job walk we go on, Brandon and I are there. Yeah. But if we can get to a place where, you know, you know, yeah, $4,500 or whatever the total was, he said, that, that's a big chunk of change. But you think yeah. about it, if like, okay, if we can do four or five job walks a day rather than right. two or three, right? well, eventually that that's going to increase, you know, that's going to pay for itself right in the first job essentially. So uh, I was just more interested in how it works. Like, so you, you obviously take the 360 scan. He said 
um, that you can then take that image and you can blow it up on your, on your tablet or your computer and then get a measurement of like how high the, you know, the, top, the, the height of the trim or the flood cut size or whatever. Like that's how that works. Well, so I got a disclosure. Um, so I've got a Rico one. We have a Rico, um, the Theta. And so it's one of the lower level 3D and it's a handheld and it's got a port where you can screw it in. So okay. if I do a handheld like this and you'll see a lot of abatement guys do that, it takes a 360 degree picture and then you can go into Google and you can scan around and look. We haven't messed around with whether you can get dimensions and measurements off of it, but it gives you a really good, you can zoom in, you know, cause you walk a job, especially on a commercial structure, you walk a job and you're trying to remember, you know, was that plaster or brick or was it drywall, those kind yeah. of things. So it's really helpful for that to remember, okay, I've already got my quantities. I need to remember, you know, was it vinyl floor tile in that room and sheet vinyl or right. different right. floor. Right. So just from that standpoint alone, you can get so much more out of your picture. I mean, you can, you talked about with the iPad pro, you take less pictures well, with the 360 camera. You really go into each room, take one mm -hmm. picture. Now, yep. if you're holding it over your head, you're a yep. part of that, right? As you flip around, you know, you're in that. So the only way to get mm. the full 3d, I think you've got to set up the Bluetooth or you have a remote or you can do it on your phone. You have to put it on a tripod, get out of the room and take the picture. But have you ever done the, um, um, where you like on a real estate website where you can walk through the house yeah. So each of those points is where they set their tripod with their 3D camera, whatever they're using. Matterport's not the only 3D camera. I think, right. I believe Matterport is the one that's got the jump on the integration with Xactimate. Right. So, which was what really sparked my yeah. interest because like, you know, like we've said, we're six to seven months into this and we've yeah. already like in that time, we're like, okay, like we started off, you know, just drawing the spaces. Now we're using our iPad pro, our Bosch app. Yep. And we're really, you know, we're getting a lot more detailed with yep. the photos and the video walkthroughs and things like that. But I was like, wow, like it might cut a few steps out. It, yeah. it, I mean, it might shave off 15 or 20 minutes and you're going to get measurements that like, like you said in that, you know, the thicker file wins, right? Yeah. So if you go in there and you can show a full, yeah. 360 view of every single room hallway yeah. etc like that's a game changer well what i don't the thing that andy and i talked about that i don't understand i would think especially mitt guys um would take like if you got a mitt company and you're also going to write the repairs which is what we did at belfour mm -hmm. that would be so helpful uh oh you because, name names yeah yeah well i think <laughs> i think everybody knows i work at belfour but but you could if you could you walk the job contents. I can see application for contents, you know, as far as like you've got a 360 degree scan of where everything was before you touched anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Or admit, this is how the house looked before we touched everything. And then, so if you did a walkthrough prior, now he said, I think he said the average 1500 square foot home is probably about an hour and a half to get the whole thing, you know, um, documented. Um, but like if you were going to go all in, maybe you have one guy that that's his job. And yeah. that's the, the part I don't know, and I believe what Andy said is you can, um, once it's, I don't know if right off the bat it's like that, because like I said, the Rico you can in Google, you can scan in and use the full 360. I don't know if you can scale it. I'm sure there's programs. Matterport, I think there's a charge every time you send it to Matterport and they 
integrated into Xactimate, but then supposedly you can zoom in and get dimensions, which you guys are already doing with the Bosch where you take measurements of, you know, the drywall that was taken yeah. out and stuff like that. So, you know, if it takes, if it, if it eliminates the need for the video and all the photos and it has your measurements, you know, that's, that's definitely time gained, right? I, I, especially like we were on a job walk last week. It was a, it was almost a four story house. It was this weird, yeah. I'd never yeah. seen a house like that where you walk into this landing and then you go down. It was almost like a split level with a Is third it built level. on a hill. No, oh. it was just flat, but you walk in uh, in the main level and you can go up or down like a split level. Sure. But then when you get up to the top level, which is the, uh, like the main floor where the kitchen and the bedrooms are, then you hang a left. It's almost like they did an addition or something and they put a third story up in this you, like huge media room, right? You're describing one of the biggest small jobs we ever did was in Santa Barbara uh -huh. and the people were on vacation. There's a lot of people that, you know, come to Santa Barbara in the summer and leave, you know, um, what is it? So not snowbirds or whatever, I guess. Yeah. You snowbird yeah. there, mm -hmm. but, um, the washer and dryer. So you come in the house, it didn't have that split level. There was a stairwell. You come in the house and then you go up a level to the, not a full level, but a couple stairs up to the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And you go up another step to the bathroom and the washer and dryer. Hot water line burst on the um, washing machine wow. and just flooded the whole damn house. Like the neighbor saw water going out into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, oh man, you know, talk about, it's probably super convenient, but worst spot to have your washer and dryer and then have it pop. You know, yeah. and there was literally like mushrooms growing off the ceiling and oh, wow. it was bad. Yeah. So sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. But I was saying like, so we had four different levels of flooring because mm. he had consistent flooring all the way throughout the whole, all four oh, levels. Dang. And, you know, naturally you can't replace yep. the floor. So you got a bid to replace, you know, like for like throughout the whole house. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it drawing that with the, yeah, the Bosch app is convenient and it's great, but like yeah. you're still you're measuring every single wall, yeah. every corner, yeah. every door. Like it, it, yeah. it takes forever. And I'm, and there's also that, like, if it's going to take a 360 exact measurement, right. it's going to take a lot of the, you underbid or you undermeasured or you sure. overmeasured out of the, you know, out yeah. of the, out of the equation. Well, and if, you know, again, if you miss something, you can zoom in and look at it, right. You know, it gives you yeah. some of that, those details. I thought Andy brought to a really good question. Like, you know, it, especially on high-end losses. He does a lot of high-end losses. Um, I don't know if you follow him on LinkedIn, but um, they're doing, you know, big commercial structures. So imagine, yeah. imagine you had a, a hotel fire or something like that, and you got to measure each one of them. Right. You know, a lot of times there, you kind of measure the one room and then you duplicate. But, um, you know, if you, if you were trying to document it, you know, that could, yeah. would definitely speed up your process, especially if it plops it in as a sketch and exactimate then. But, and, and I looked at it as thinking like, okay, if we're going to pass this on to another, you know, estimator rather than, you know, me and Brandon doing it, it's okay. Do I trust that that guy or girl is going to do it 100% correctly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas if all they're doing is we have to train them how to use the device Yeah. and they just use the device correctly. Yeah. That takes so much air right out of the, out of the, you know, potential like, Oh, I, I didn't get that room. It's like, right. Well, you're supposed to do every room in every hallway. So then there's no, you can always go back. Right. Yeah. Well, in that theory too, if their role was going to be just the Matterport, that could be like, you know, um, you know, that could be your business development person. That could be, you know, your social media person that could be incorporated. Somebody that's <laughs> tech savvy that doesn't necessarily have to know how to estimate that can duplicate some of your efforts and exactly 
Andy's point, so he does, I called him the godfather of remote estimating because he was doing it long before I knew anybody else was doing it. But, yeah. you know, a, like a company like yours where maybe you're not quite ready to bring a full-time estimator on, yeah. you know, which is what you're doing with us, right? Is, right. You know, you utilize the services of somebody else. That's saving you from having that 60000 to $80,000, $100,000 a year salary plus benefits right. and another right. vehicle and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's what and the service Andy provides through claims delegates is companies that aren't quite ready to hire somebody, you know, and honestly, if it keeps working for you, it might be the better option, you know, yeah. if, um, you know, depending on what scale you want to get to, right. Um, Cause that the salary and all those additional stuff is really where the cost is. It, it, it gets you know? back to that overhead thing we've, yep. we've always talked yep. about, you know, like, and because we're starting from the ground level, like, why don't we start out, just doing that. I mean, mm. like, yeah, $4,500 is a lot, but yeah, I mean, $4,500 for a salaried employee. I mean, that's, you're, you're not going to get a top notch estimator for 4,500 bucks a month. I mean it, that therefore in the first month, if you got, you know, say 10 jobs because of it, I mean, it's easily paid for. Well, I would think too, you know, like uh, Bailey's your BD person now, right? You know, the you could put videos together for people yeah. for befores and afters. You could send it to the adjusters, you know, because. And that could be a marketing thing that, you know, yeah. we, we can advertise that like, yeah, we may be new to the game or we may be smaller than, you know, the, you know, the big ones. Yeah. But we use the same technology as all the big ones, right? Well, and it's potentially, <clears throat> potentially, well, not even the big ones. I'm telling you, man, like some of the biggest companies are not using that. Like it's crazy. Well, let's make ourselves because look big. I can tell you. Okay. So this is funny. I think I mentioned it on that one. When I got to, we, we already named the name. So when I got to <laughs> Belfour, the. That was the go, number one rule, you know, <laughs> never name names. You don't name names. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legion. Um, when, so Blacklisted. When I, when I started at Service Master, I'm dropping another name, in 2002, I believe it was, the leading technology, we had just transitioned from everybody taking their pictures with Polaroids, right? Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. had a, to um, the Mavica, whatever, with the three and, inch, three and yeah. a half inch floppy. Remember it had mm-hmm. like a big ass screen? Yeah. And it was just a goofy thing. Well, when I got to Belfort, we had like one or two Mavicas that were way outdated. And they had cameras that were like taped together. And I was <laughs> like, why are you? They had t- cameras. I don't know what the lowest, like two megabytes or whatever, you know, that could hold yeah. like 10 pictures or right, something. Right, right. And, and then the battery would die. Crappy, crappy pictures. And I remember saying like, you know, managers had Blackberries. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't take the photos and everything on that. But like the iPhone and the Androids were out. And I was like, why don't we give every tech an iPhone? They're expected to be on call. They should have an iPhone or an Android. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then have them take their pictures, upload it to Google. And, you know, it's just like simple, simple technology. And so yep. a lot of those companies... They're like, well, if they break the $100 camera, they're going to break the $4,500 camera. But I think I would set it up the way you're talking about. I would probably have somebody, if I was in a big enough company, I'd have one or two people that were responsible for Matterport, you know, like. And we only need one then, right? Job. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. two. And if we have two estimators going, that's how many more jobs we can get. Well, and I don't know. I don't know if I would even have your estimators do it. I would have somebody that's maybe right. a lower salary 
mm-hmm. doing business development, doing um, social media. Cause mm-hmm. I, and you could make it a revenue. Um, I know the real estate companies are doing that, you know, those kinds of things or people that are wanting to sell a house. Um, yeah. you know, people that you're working for that want to rent something, your background. I think that's what we're going to get to is in property management, you know, yeah. I mean, it's another service you can offer. Right. And totally. so, um, they're, they're just, just so that we're not being, um, like water damage daily. He contacted me afterwards and he's like, you know, there's a cost, you know, <laughs> like some people are offering remote estimating and you know, that's the other side of it. It might be part of them trying to transition out of having to use adjusters or contractors cause they can just take these photos and, and then write an estimate, you know, but at the same time, if that's what the insurance company is going to do, we need to be adapting to, you know, that, that evolution. Right. And, so. and I think it's funny, like the bigger companies have a leg up because they have the longevity and they have the notoriety in the marketplace. But if we are probably need the to, least adapted to it though, that, but also how many of those cameras would they need if they were going to adapt that technology? What yeah. type of investment would that be? Whereas us, if we get one or two, that's only yeah. uh, say 10 grand. Okay. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's, that's an investment, but still yeah. we're not talking buying seven, 70 of them. Well, I can say, right? you know, I've worked for some of the bigger companies and you know, you have the cheaper, um, you know, moisture meters, you have the cheaper tech, you know, it's like where some of the smaller companies are like, Hey, this, this can translate. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same in small companies and big companies, but you got to trust your people. If you don't trust your people, like, it's so funny because so I, this is a big point of contention for me and it's always been everywhere I've gone and it's big and small. It's like, if you really don't trust your two people that much, like, do you, do you even look at what your metrics are? Do you train them? Do you train people on how to use these things? Do you follow up on it? Are your managers empowered to train into discipline? You know, I've, I've told the story where I went to train and then somebody was asking who's paying for this 30 minute meeting. You know, it's like, you know, so if you're not training, and you're not holding people accountable, you have no real metrics and you don't realize that like even the big guys, you know, they're almost more susceptible to being taken under because like they're over, like you said, their overhead's so high, like just Mm -hmm. what they need on a monthly basis just to make payroll is so high, you know, and and it's cumbersome. And, And you, you know, the more corporate you get, the more, structures and the more right. departments right. and whatnot, the more input yeah. you get from people, right? There, there's yeah. more people that are like, well, we've been doing it. We, we had these digital cameras with floppy disks and graph paper the for 15 Sony years. Mavica. But you know what I'm saying though? Like, whereas yeah. like we've been doing this for six months, it's not like, well, we've been doing it for six months and it's worked. Yeah. We don't yeah. have any of those like, <laughs> preconceived yeah. notions. It's like, yeah. Hey, like this was, this has worked so far, but you know what? Let's try this. This yeah. is another level up. Like how can this make us more efficient? Can we do, right. like I said, four job walks instead of three a day? Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then boom, we have likely to get one more job a day. And well, that just I, continues to build the, you know, build up the, the portfolio. I can imagine. Cause even now I use a Bosch. I don't use the one that you have that translates it to a sketch, but um, you know, it's amazing how many people use a laser level and they're like, wow what is that? You know, I've taken that everywhere I've gone. I was the one that introduced it to the It's a hundred bucks. Yeah. It's a hu- well, it's, and, and you can get a $40 it, one if you're, if you're not comfortable with that. If you don't want the Bluetooth one, it's like yep. what? $50. Mm-hmm. A, a 30 foot tape measure is 35 bucks. Yep. Yep. 
and how many people are just tossing those and how, and how much longer does it take you to do this <laughs> right yep, yep. versus like on a wall boop oh 32 feet and what That's happens what, when you get over 30 on a tape measure okay yep. 30 and then uh oh three more feet this way yeah is yeah. that a 16th or a, yeah. a quarter yeah I, um, I, yeah, that's what I made sure. I mean, our techs would always have at least the $30 one, you know, and, uh, yeah. and it's just cause you, if you, it's so much more efficient, um, to have whoever's the first one responding to the loss to try to capture as much as possible, you know? Yep. And so, you know, that's a, a, you know, especially a company that was doing mitt and repairs that Matterport would be invaluable. Um, I think on the repair side and the mitt side, it's still invaluable, but um, apparently there's not a lot of companies, you know, using it. I think there should be a way, you know, that's been a discussion. And if you guys invest in that, I think, you know, that would be an experiment to, um, there's a couple of forums I'm on and people are talking about how they're charging for it. And some people feel, and Andy said that he goes, whether you can charge for it or not, it's something, it's a tool of the trade. And, you know, a lot of people disagree with that, but I mean, well, and, I, and I, I almost agree with him where it's like, like we talked about with vehicles, when you show up in, yeah. a, in a new vehicle or a newer, you know, like when you're, when your guys are driving nice trucks or nice vans versus the beater vans and the beater trucks, it's that impression you make. And yeah. every single one of these jobs that we go on, especially in the estimating side, like that's that first impression with that client that you're going to make. So if you yeah. pull up, like we, I was telling you about this, the, this project in Tacoma, we bid a couple weeks ago and the homeowner um, was having two contractors come out and get bids, which is fine, but they accidentally scheduled us for the same time. So you show up and you're just, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation where you kind of look at the other guy and you're like, sorry. And he's yeah, like, yeah. sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Okay. I'm not going to apologize. I'm a coxman. Like, you know, you're yeah. like, I, I guess yeah. we'll measure, but yeah. we come in and we got our Bosch app and our iPad and we're in there measuring, you know, we take probably, it was a smaller space. So it was, it was like a 30 minute walkthrough. Yeah. But the other guy was there with his notebook and a tape measure and he was in there for five minutes. Yeah. And you know, we, we, you know, we finish up and we talk to the homeowner and he's like, well, that guy said it's going to take four days. What, how long do you think? And we're like two weeks. Yeah. He's like, wow, well, I'm going to go with that guy. We're like, okay, but, it's two weeks. Yeah. And is he using Xactimate? What's that? So we explained what Xactimate was and we show him everything we've done on the iPad and how detailed and this we was are. an insurance claim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were like, this is all everything we explained. Okay. This is how the claim's going to go. We're going to build an estimate in Xactimate. We're going to submit it to your adjuster. Your adjuster's going to review it. He's going to have the ESX file from us. So it makes his life easier, especially because yeah. in COVID you know, yeah. the adjusters aren't coming out. So they yeah. want that ESX. And here's the document like that our PDF that shows um, all the measurements of the rooms, the flood cuts with all the, the lines on them and things like that. And that sold the job. He yeah, hired yeah. us right then. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we did the job and it was a week and five days. So you were able to over deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I look at that and I'm like, okay, in that situation, we won that job one because of our knowledge but also too because we were more detailed yeah, and yeah. that guy felt more comfortable with us that we were going to take care of him rather than the guy that was in and out in five minutes have you ever heard of uh, fomo yeah i was actually just talking to a real realtor friend of mine and um you know it's one thing to be too nice right like so if you're really nice a nice person might say 
Um, a too nice a person might say, well, choose whoever you want and da, 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 da. And no, like you really do in sales, you want to create a realistic FOMO, right? Like, I just want you to know, I'm not trying to speak poorly of that person, but this is what we're going to do. And this is why, and this is how mm -hmm. we approach it. And this is how we're going to advocate for you. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, carefully. And it sounds like that's what you guys were doing. And we t we've talked about that more, yeah. but like, you know, you're we not always, trying to always... bash the guy. You're no. just trying to set yourself apart and say, yeah. you know, um, you know, Hey, this is, this is why. And if you go with that, you know, you're going to have a whole lot more trouble because they don't know the game, you know, all this talk about knowing the game, you know, who does know the game. That's right. Your friends at all American restoration services, all American, A A R E S all American real estate services is now rebranding as all American restoration services. They've got a brand new website, same domain, new revamped website, allamericanres.com. That's allamericanres.com. It's a beautiful like drone video through downtown Tacoma. Uh, if you've never been to Tacoma, Washington, we've got some pretty cool stuff. Uh, the Tacoma Dome and the waterways and, and those kinds of things and a beautiful view of Mount Rainier, uh, which is always breathtaking in this area. So they are Tacoma-based. They've been serving Western Washington since 2016. So whether you're in Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia, and all areas in between, they are your choice for fire and water damage reconstruction, working with you and your insurance company to get you back to pre-loss condition. Um, they're typically able to arrive on site within 24 to 48 hours of receiving the call. And here, I thought this would be interesting. They've got, um, you know, some great customer re re reviews. And so this is one from a local customer, five stars. House is all painted, all interior work is complete. By golly, it's done. But it's sad that some of the crew won't be back though. I might actually miss some of the guys. We had some great conversations regarding teens. They taught me a lot about home repair. I will especially miss the snack dances when they didn't know you were looking and they would grab a snack that I would leave out for them. And they would do a little dance of joy as they walked away and got back to work. Sometimes we like to dance with just us guys. It's a boy dance party. Best part, our dog loved them. So how, how much more glowing is that? You've got a restoration contractor that knows what they're doing. They're clean. They get the job done. They'll do a special snack dance, and your dog will love them. And dogs know better than people, right? Um, love them. He hasn't loved every worker that has ever come into our house, <clears throat> but uh, he loved All-American Contractors can be flaky and I've heard many horror stories, but I felt like I was part of the All-American family and have been thoroughly happy with the work the crews that have been doing in my home over the last few months. It took a little bit longer due to COVID. They were always on time and if thing came, things came up, we were notified. If I had questions, I had the owner's number to call and he would address it right away. Fantastic customer service. Customer service, do the job, they're clean, they'll do a snack dance, your dogs will love them. All American Restoration Services. I'm hooked. So get to know, you'll get to know Brian through the podcast. Um, you can check them out on their new website, allamericanres.com, allamericanres.com. Beautiful new website, great new logo, same great company offering um, new and expanded services for property restoration, water and fire damage in Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia.
So well, and I think it's funny knowing the Xactimate thing now, where it's like, if most situations we show up because they're referrals, we we don't have anyone bidding against us. But in this yeah. in the circumstances where we are, yeah, the second we say, "Is he using Xactimate?" They're always like, "Huh?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then and it's like right then we know, okay, I'm just yeah. going to just unleash my spiel of look at our iPad, look at our measurement, explain yeah. the whole process, talk their ear off for 10 minutes, and then boom, you got the job because they're going to feel comfortable. And that's the biggest thing with, with these homeowners or business owners where they've experienced a loss. They're vulnerable, right? Yeah. So they've already gone through whether it's two, three days to a couple of weeks of a dry out, the mitigation, they're their business or their home has been torn up. We want to come in and make them feel like we got you. Yep. We're going to, you know, it, it, it's realistically, it's going to take about a week or two for us to come to an agreement with your adjuster, especially with COVID and everything. There's some adjusters that are just taking forever because yeah. they, they're not coming out to the site. Yep. So it's a lot harder for them to make their estimate and it, it slows that process down. But if we can explain that to them and then when they talk to their adjuster and their adjuster is like, yeah, your contractor is right. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So then they just, just trust the process that Pete care. Just trust that process. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So well, it's, it's, it's funny though, because again, on the, on the pro side, quote unquote pro side, there's so much of that stuff that you take for granted and you forget. And I can't remember, I was trying to remember why you were saying that I've had people use things that are just real basic industry things. And they've said it and it's true. You know, the, the best sales tactic is something that's true and authentic. Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll say something that um, is really not anything um, really innovative or anything like that, but they present it in a way they're like, look, you know, this is what we're going to do and nobody else does this and da, 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 da. And it, it creates, it creates a FOMO, you know, they use mm -hmm. the industry against you because they're, they're presenting the information in a better way you know, by saying, Hey, you know, exactly like you're saying, we use Xactimate. What's Xactimate? Oh, well, if your contractor's not doing that, it's going to make the process harder, you know? And so you can use something that a lot of people view as a disadvantage as an advantage, right? And then say, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we will work with your uh, insurance adjuster. We try to make the process, you know, it's a paradigm, right? It's the, the client, you know, and, yep. and clarifying their responsibilities and expectations, the carrier's uh, responsibilities and expectations, and then the contractor. And we need yep. all, because there's so many people that just absolve the client of any responsibility, you know, and they're just like, we're going to take care of it and you're not going to have to pay anything. And that's like a, a crappy uh, expectation to set because- And we'll give you your deductible back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you can do that, right? If you finish the job early or if there's wins somewhere yeah. or something like that, you can credit them, um, you know, and right. those kinds of things. But, um, you know, it's, I, I think we've talked about, and my father-in-law taught me very early on is like, you know, always try to legitimately give them something back, right? You know, our job, I want to, I want to give you the worst case scenario. So you have a budget line item, same for the carrier and the client, right? So you have the expectation coming in, you, you've set money aside and the expectations are set. And mm -hmm. our goal is to finish ahead of schedule and to be under budget. And if we can give you money back, we will, and then actually do it. You know, that's a great yeah. way to set yourself apart <clears throat> rather than be nickel and diming somebody for every little thing. Oh, we forgot about this two right. feet of base, you know, or whatever. And, and at that point, it's almost better to just, because you also want to care about your reputation with adjusters, right? Yeah. Yep. You don't want to have a supplemental for $14 because you, yeah. you forgot, you know, yeah. it, 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 
but I think going back to like, we're not out there to bash another contractor. It's basically right. like, no, we're just going to sell ourselves. This is right. what we do. Right. Now that guy can go and ask that other contractor, but realistically, yeah. You know what? There, there's enough work out here for everybody. Yeah. If you find yeah. another contractor, it's okay. Yep. 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 But congratulations. Wanna, we'll move yeah. On. If you want yep. us to take care of you, this is what we do. We yep. fight for you. We are an advocate for you. You, 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 you find a client that, and this is uh, just disclaimer, this is not, um, you know, some people rip this apart or whatever, but uh, I always try, like, sometimes you meet a client and they don't, they honestly don't know what they deserve, right? And, and then you, you meet the other client that wants more than they deserve. They want to maximize the claim. Oh, I heard about this and that. And so I always try to explain to people the job of your insurance company, you pay for insurance. If it's a covered loss, their job is to uh, put you back to pre-loss conditions, no more, no less. Right. And so yep. we're going to work with your adjuster to try to determine, you know, what does that look like? And, and, and like you said, there was a one insurance company where you talk to the adjuster and he's like, I don't agree with it, but this is the policy and this is how it's written. So letter of the law, this yep. is what they bought. You know, and so, yeah, it may be crappy, but that's what they bought, you know? And so you're like, you can't really well, argue with that. Like you can exactly. say, and it's, you can say it's a, it's, it's a crappy policy, but that's what they signed up for. And you know, whether right. that was fully disclosed to them or not. Wow. The land of make-believe. But you guys have been fortunate where you have had a lot of adjusters. There are adjusters that still care, right? And they try to do, mm -hmm. I just right. interviewed uh, Kirk Matthews. He was with Travelers and now he's an independent. Um, and, and they try to do what's fair. And We now travel back in time to an earlier episode of the Dojo Podcast. Well, I find so many, like, you know, we, I've worked and counseled and coached, you know, contractors that are transitioning into insurance work. Cause obviously, right. That's where the money is. You know, let's, let's stick it to the insurance companies. Cause that's where the easy money is. And, and so um, I hear both sides. I hear contractors <laughs> tell me, no, I don't work for insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Screw them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of money. Going yeah. probably should. Well, and that's. Um, I think the hardest is, you know, a lot of general contractors. So, you know, you were working for somebody, you feel like you can make more money. So then that $60 an hour guy, right. You know, they're just thinking, well, $60 an hour is more than I've ever made in my life. And whether they're putting money aside for overhead and profit and taxes and all that, who knows? Um, but, uh, but yeah, just the, you know, the one thing about Xactimate, especially if you're a new contractor, um, starting out in the industry, it's very transparent. You know, and if you start to learn how the line items work, you know, you're constructing from the bottom up, you know, re-putting that, that loss together. And then that's like a company I'm working with here locally. Then you can print out a rough materials list as well as like a, a projected labor, you know, cost and those kinds of things. So you can budget a lot better than somebody that's just putting in, you know, line item later estimated materials. Um, I mean, in construction in general, a lot of people are not great at estimating, right? And so Xactimate can be a starting place for- Which it doesn't, and I like, I, I, I see that all the time, but it doesn't, my, what I say all the time is just cause you can't estimate doesn't mean that you're a bad craftsman. Yeah. yeah. It just means you're not, you know, not good at putting pen to paper and guessing. Right, what is right. 
costs and insurance company wants you to guess up front. Right, right. Never really know. Yeah. Well, and that's the other part too is um, it is an estimate, right? So we think this is what it will take and, you know, we put all kinds of notes in our estimates like subject to discovery upon additional damages. But then, you know, that how many, how many, maybe you can speak to this, how many contractors are like, well, it costs a whole lot more to do it than we thought. Okay, where are your photos? You know, do you have any kind of justification to show? Well, we fixed it. You know, let's figure it out. You know, yeah, yeah. Not, not in the world. Like as long as we can show everything, like the insurance company has the money to pay for it. Let's just yeah. Yeah, but if you if it costs more because you're not good at being a contractor, then that's a different. You know, yeah. that's. Well, and like you said, some people are great craftsmen, just not great paperwork people, right? You know, and it really isn't that hard. Take a couple of damn pictures and write a couple of notes on, keep track of how many hours did you spend on that, you know, or how many linear feet of base extra did you have to buy, you know? It was a lot, you know. Well, how much? <laughs> and you guys have been, um, you know, somebody's watching out for you because you guys have really met with, and I think you attract what you are, but you guys have met with guys that care, guys and gals that care about the client and want to say, okay, yep. we can't cover this, but we can cover this or this is covered, you know? And so, but, but I think that goes back to what you were talking about on that podcast with, I don't remember what his name was, but on episode Andy, five that Andy McCabe. Yeah. With Andy is the thicker file wins. So the more detailed we are, yeah. And you helping us write really detailed estimates and we yeah. help you write those estimates by getting more detailed yep. information. Yep. Advocates for the homeowner. Right. Perfect example was a house we walked um, about a month ago. Um, the guy had a, a wax ring failure in his bathroom. Oh, jeez. So the mitigation came, you know, company came out and all they had to do was tear out, I don't know, it was a half bath in a downstairs. I mean, maybe 20 square feet of flooring. Well, that flooring was glued together and it was out throughout the mm. entire home. Oh, that, yeah. They removed a fairly minimal amount, right? Yeah, it, it was maybe a, maybe a five by three area, five by four. Yeah. Um, but we're looking at it and we're like, well, this floor, we, we can't. It's He's like, well, I have extra flooring so you can just install. We're like, you can't. It's, it's cut and it's glued. So once we pull up, it's going to go through the whole house. Yeah. That homeowner was prepared to pay out of pocket for the mitigation and the repair. And we're like, well, you're, you, you probably should fight this and try to file a claim because in our opinion, looking at this, you're due all new floors throughout your entire main floor of your home. Mm. And he's like, what? Sure. Gonna, sure. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> we call yeah. the adjuster. They come Literally out from the waxing, right? Pun. Yeah. <laughs> the adjuster comes out and says, yeah. yep, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And so now instead of him paying out of pocket to have a crappy floor in his bathroom with yeah. a threshold, he's got, I mean, it's a, I don't know, 1200 square foot full downstairs, open concept yeah. townhome, all yeah. new floors. Yeah. And all he has to pay is a deductible. So, and then the next cover too. I'm saying, and I know there's, if there's anybody listening, especially that's done program work is going, wait, the adjuster said what? Because <laughs> it, it is, you know, you get so jaded where you feel like they're like, no, only repair, you know, that, that small part. And, and, and I think if, the door if you, and, it's yeah. that approach, man, if you go out and you're, and you're really just honest with them, you're like, look, you see right here. Yeah. Take the time to show them. She, she was like, you're right. And the guy got a thirteen or fourteen thousand dollar claim 
for his new floors and his mitts covered rather than him paying whatever it would have been out of pocket, you know, four or five grand out of his pocket. And he's got a, a cheap floor in his, in his bathroom now. So, yeah. Well, and so much of that too, you know, um, I think that's why a lot of people, you know, you get the people that look at property restoration and insurance work and think, you know, it's just an endless gold mine. And then there's other people that have dealt with that situation where, you know, the insurance or the adjuster or the claims review have just whittled it down to twigs, you know, and, and they're super frustrated with it. And so it's good. It's, it's good. I, that's been my experience. You know, I don't know, 80% of the people we've dealt with have been good people. And there's usually yeah. some way you can find a, a way to make it happen. Um, you know, like, like we've said multiple times, you can, you can shear a sheep multiple times, but you can only skin it once. Right. So you don't want to burn bridges, Yeah. but it does. I mean, and you'll learn eventually sometimes it comes down to principle and you're like, this is not a relationship that is ever going to happen. And so we will, we will go tit for tat line for line. And it just becomes part of the game. You know, uh, where it's we, like- <laughs> we, we had a, we had an experience with an adjuster like that a, a, about a week ago mm. where she told the homeowner that we were pr- uh, price gouging. Oh, because we were saying that the whole house, um, it had solid hardwoods throughout, um, site, you know, on-site finished flooring. And okay. we had bid to lace in the, the, uh, hardwoods that were affected and then, yep. um, you know, refinish throughout refinish. the entire home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very common. And she, the, the homeowner had like loose carpet on all three of her bedrooms on top of the hardwoods. It wasn't installed carpet. Oh, it was right, just, right, right. It was loose. So she was trying to tell the homeowner that she does not deserve to have all of her hardwoods covered. And this contractor is trying to price gouge and I'm going to send out a program contractor. Yeah. And so of course, then the adjuster goes on vacation. Yeah. So this homeowner, we bid on that job a month ago. Mm. She still has no contractor. And, uh, the, and the, the first, uh, to clarify, the rugs are set. There's no pad. They're basically it's carpet, but it's set as a rug. It's, it's sens- basically it's an area rug. a big rug. Yep. Yep. Correct. Yep. It's not tacked and down. It's no padding. No, zero. You, you literally you could pick it right up. Yep. And um, the first program contractor doesn't show up. The second <laughs> program contractor doesn't show up. Really. A third one finally comes, and gives a bid to only. Um, basically sand and refinish the kitchen where the loss was and that's it. And mm-hmm. the adjuster said, this is all you're getting wow. and issued her a check for maybe a third of what our cost was. Yeah. And it was funny. Cause I was telling the homeowner, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like it, it, it is what it is. Like we just can't, we, we, it sucks. It's, it's a crappy situation for you. And I'm, I'm telling you like we have the same insurance company is working on another house that we just got approved on for the same type of loss. Yeah. And they are covering the, ex- the exact thing we quoted, which was yeah. sand and refinish the entire main floor after we repair the hardwoods that were affected. Different that was approved. Adjuster, though. The different adjuster, same, same company. So it's like, yeah. how, how can we be price gouging on yeah. one job in Sammamish, but then in Kirkland we're doing, all, it's literally like almost the exact amount of the same square footage. Well, just to so, clarify for people listening, those are both high dollar, high value home areas. I mean, those are those are where a lot of the nice homes are. Yeah, both both houses are worth. I mean, the Sammamish house is worth. I think we looked on Redfin like nine fifty. The geez. Kirkland house is worth you know above seven hundred. It's not like we're talking about yeah. manufactured homes. or no. something. yeah. Mm. So 
And ultimately, I don't know. So it, in situations like that, where you're just, you feel bad for the homeowner, you're like, I tried yeah. to advocate for you. I tried to fight for you, but you know what? I'm sorry, but you know, you're going to have to deal with your insurance or fight for the, I, I, I mean, that, yeah. that's out of my hands. I can't, I can't do anything about it. Well, that, you know, that's one we've talked about, like uh, episode one was with David Princeton from claim advocate services. And that might be one that, um, you know, there's people out there that can help them. And I, I do think like you guys have said, like you take it to a certain point, but you have to draw the line, right. And say like, unfortunately this is no longer our area that's between you and your insurance company, but Hey, there's also this resource or you've got like Ed Cross, a restoration lawyer. If somebody yep. wants to take it legal, you know, and unfortunately, yep. you know, that's the case. I, I it's so, so crazy. So in that, in that type of situation, John, when she's issued a check, is that still something that we, you, you would recommend that we have I've you know legal get involved I off the record but on camera right um, I made a huge tiny mistake I, I really like you said I feel bad for people where I feel like they're asking for something legitimate and they're getting uh, they're hitting a brick wall and honestly I didn't know I mean I've known about public adjusters and that's kind of a bad term um, in the property restoration world, you know, if you're, if you're known to be working with, uh, public adjusters, you can get yourself in trouble or blacklisted or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, if it's a legitimate claim, then, you know, I wouldn't say, I would just say, Hey, if you want to reach out to somebody, here's somebody. Um, but that's what people got to understand. Cause they do that like in, um, in flood situations or hurricanes, right? they have a state obligation. The insurance company does to get like a settlement out to those people within a really strict amount of time. Yeah. And so you've got, you know, 6,000 losses, you know, in a small area and this insurance company has to get a checkout, you know? And so what people need to understand is that's not always the final check. It's mm. just what they have to do to meet the requirement that's put on them. Right. You know, I mean, and in that sense, kind of, you know, the insurance is part of this bureaucracy that we're all part of that, like the Jay Inslee thing that doesn't always make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a requirement. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's honestly, that's fairly new to me saying that there's another, I've always told people, I go, you know, you don't have to take their first settlement, right. You as the, you're the customer, you know, talk to your agent, you know, you're paying your agent. And unfortunately a lot of mm -hmm. people, there's three tiers of that, right? Um, a lot of agents don't necessarily know what they're selling and don't want to stick their neck out because, you know, they're part of a system that they've got to protect. Um, right. And then the few agents that do stick their necks out, um, you know, they're, again, beholden to whatever system they're a part of. And mm -hmm. so, but a customer, you know, you should expect that your agent advocates for you if you don't feel something's right, you know? And so, yeah. Um, and but, I it's BS, especially yeah. when these adjusters talk like that <clears throat> and they're not even coming out to the site. Like how, how can you speak with any sense of intelligence on the, on the, on the condition of the home if you're not even going to go out there? Well, to the little bit of knowledge I have, you know, after 18 years is there is such a thing as like line of sight written into a lot of policies. So like a door, if a door stops, technically they can say, you know, this flooring stops at that line of sight, you know, but if it's a continuous hardwood floor that you're refinishing, that's a, you know, no hardwood floor person is going to say, yeah, I can finish up to this door break. So that program uh, contractor may be agreeing to it and then they'll get a hardwood specialist out there. And that's the other way you can go is like, well, let's get three 
hardwood specialists to come out and give estimates. And if all three of them are saying, and a lot of times you do that with roofs too, you know, you'll get an insurance company that says, well, you know, I feel like you can patch this roof in, you know, we've patched in worse roofs before, you know, and so you get three roofers out and they say, well, we can't. And that technically, like if you have a complex roof line, if this roof line and then the next roof line is up, they could potentially say, well, we're only replacing the back slope. I've had that happen. We're only replacing this section of it. So, you know, that gets into so much more of the weeds than I care to dig into. And I don't think it's healthy for contractors too. So that's where somebody like David or somebody that that digs into contracts, right? Right. And that's the law, you know, like you look at it from a contractor standpoint. Yeah, we could do all of, put all that effort into it, but then eventually the amount of effort you're putting into it, all your profits going out the door because you're spending so much of your bandwidth on that versus trying to get other work. That's the homeowner too, right? If you're like, you know, well, we really feel this isn't right. And they're like, well, these guys said they can get started. And it's like, if they're not going to fight, then I'm not going to fight. Right. But you could say the next step would be, well, the other thing I would advise you to do is get three hardwood companies out here and see whether they agree with that scope of work. Cause I guarantee you your restoration contractor, your program contractor, they're going to hire somebody third party, a subcontractor Mm -hmm. to do that. So, um, you know, so get somebody that specializes in that particular aspect to tell you whether, you know, that's legitimate or not, you know? And so, right. And again, that's right. their responsibility, but if they want to go with the program guy, all right, you know, peace yeah. out. It is what know? it is. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I think you and I have kindred spirits on that. You know, I like to try to fight for people that I feel like, you know, are getting taken advantage of and, but you also have to draw the line like, hey, you homeowner, if you don't think this is right, you're going to have to do some homework. You're going to have to make some phone calls. I wouldn't yeah. cash that check because <laughs> then right. you're basically well, agreeing funny. to it. Right. I, I know this keeps leading into more stories, but like we're, we're working on this one right now um, at a three-level um, condo in Ballard. Oh, yeah. Where the loss occurred because some sort of plumbing backup with the, within the building's plumbing nothing to do with the individual homeowner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it flooded in the third floor unit and then downstairs into the second floor. Well, the the third floor and the second floor tenants are the two people on the HOA board for the building. Oh, Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And the HOA has a crappy insurance policy that has a limit loss or a loss limit of $25,000. Okay. The mitigation alone for the project was 21,000. Oh, geez. The upstairs unit was, uh, let's just call it 25. And then you got the downstairs unit, which is 13. Yeah. Then you have, so right in there, let's just call it 75,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're only getting 25 from the insurance. Yeah. 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 And that's going to the HOA and you got one unit upstairs. That's a little bit, you know, it's twice as much on the build back as the downstairs one is because it, it, it affected all their floors. One, well, the, the, I think we talked about that the HOA gets a little tricky and this is maybe dives into your property management experience, but the HOA typically covers the outside, the walls and you know, the common spaces, but then, those individual owners are responsible to have policies on their contents and their interior if they're owners. So that's right. where it's it very similar the, to like a renter, like a renter's policy, yeah. right? 
Except but for I, renters I, is only contents. Whereas if right. you own a condo, you have a structural policy mm-hmm. that wherever the HOA's responsibility ends, your insurance policy kicks in. And, okay. Well, and, and what's, what's interesting is because the adjuster on this one is actually, he's really nice. So he was explaining the whole thing to me. And he's yeah. like, if they had a limit loss of $75,000, everything would be covered other than content manipulation. That would be on the homeowners. Yeah. But he's like, Brian, I, I can't do anything. Like yeah. their policy is 25,000. So I'm crazy. issuing them a check to 20 for 25,000 bucks. Yep. So both the upstairs and the downstairs tenant are like, we got to get started. We got to start. I'm like, who's paying? Yeah, exactly. Because if you're going to pay our we'll mitigation, our partner vendor with that did the mitigation, I'm not going to say, well, we'll pay us and don't pay the mid yeah. because they've already done the work. So make right. sure they get paid. Right. So we're protecting them. But then you look at it, it's like, okay, of the 25, 21's already going to the mitigation. That's gone. Yeah. So you got yeah. four grand left. That being said, the third floor tenant did not get his own insurance policy. Oh. His He bought that condo a year ago and his broker told him the HOA homeowner's policy will cover his Ooh. unit. Now, he so has now, no, now it's everybody suing everybody. Yeah. He has no coverage. The down, so, so you got four grand. And they're asking me, well, what's going to happen? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm not a litigator. Yeah. I'm not on yeah. the HOA board. Yeah. You guys need to figure out, okay, if you're going to pay the mitigation company, you got four left. Yeah. Say you get two grand a unit. Okay. Yeah. Downstairs tenant, you're 12. So you owe 10 grand. Upstairs yeah. unit, you're 25. You owe 23 then. Yeah. Who's paying for that? Yeah. Yep. Because yep. I'm not, no matter how much sympathy I have for you guys, yep. it sucks. You're in the middle yep. of this. And your adjuster says, it sucks. You're in the middle of this. Everybody feels bad this for This is what you bought. Yep. But the fact yep. of the matter is you had an oversight. Yep. Your H- you guys run the HOA too. It's not like you right. just had oversight on your own policy. You yep. have or over. The adjuster told me he's never seen a policy like this for a building of this size have a limit loss of less than $75,000. Oh, and they have 25. Yeah. You're, it's, you're in that situation where I'm having these conversations with all these people and they're pissed. And I'm yeah. like- I'm not the bad guy. Your adjuster's not the, not the bad guy. You, you, you guys, yeah. you HOA chose this cheap insurance policy and now you're effed. Yep. Well, I can remember, I can remember we went to an apartment loss. It was a fourplex, two stories. Somebody was outside and why the apartment complex had, so you had the apartments, they had a little fenced in area and uh, concrete and then bark chips. Right. And of course that's where, mm-hmm. uh, tenant a was smoking right mm-hmm. flick the cigarette in the middle of summer into the bark chips hmm. you know it cuts just fire so they've got their unit is hosed right their contents are hosed um and then the unit next to them quite a bit of smoke damage um you know some structural damage the other guys mostly smoke damage and then the unit over in the corner like Real, I think we put an air scrubber in there for maybe you know three days and and pretty much took care of it with a charcoal filter. Yeah. So guess mm-hmm. who's insured, right? <laughs> the unit that we put an air scrubber in, and I can't remember. I think right. these guys over here that had the second least amount of damage had renter's policy, and the other two didn't. Um, and so, mm. um, you know, so the the structural damage is going to be covered because the apartment complex had insurance but the, the right. renters didn't pay the $8 a month or whatever for their renters insurance. 
I just understand. I, I get it. I mean, a lot of bureaucracies don't allow apartments to require it, but it's like, man, yeah. you know, like it's eight bucks a month, especially if you have auto insurance, you know, it takes that down. You're probably yeah. paying like four to $6 a month for renter's right. insurance. And it's probably not going to cover everything. It's a hamburger. Yeah. It's not going to cover everything, but it's, it's sure going to help. Yeah. I don't know. Lattes are a lot more expensive nowadays. <laughs> okay. So, well, we, this is probably the longest we've went in on um, recapping uh, an episode. Sounds like you got a lot from that. Um, and Andy's a very knowledgeable guy. Um, are you aware of the Restoration Rebels on Facebook? I think I sent you the info for that. Mm -mm. So it's like, I think you said, I haven't looked, I haven't looked at on Facebook. There's Restoration Rebels. Um, there's Alliance of Independent Restorers, there's NORP, um, and uh, Andy's out of Bend, Alliance of Independent Restorers is Clark uh, Brown, and he's, I think, down south, and then NORP is out of, uh, I think it's Whitney Wiseman, he's out of Florida, but uh, there, there's some pretty good discourse that goes on in there. Um, it made me think of you the other day, there was somebody in, I think it was in North talking about, you know, we're contractors, we're thinking about getting into um, insurance work and what should we know mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. Um, but uh, any other maybe closing thoughts on episode five, I guess. So what, what are kind of your, are, so you're thinking um, you want to get into the, um, the Matterport. You're thinking that's something you're wanting to invest in then any other, what are kind of your well, takeaways? I, have, I, I, and I, have, I haven't looked. Yeah, I haven't looked in depth at it, but I, I do think that, like we said, because we're at the, you know, we're not at ground zero anymore, but we're we're in the in the yeah, foundation. The moving, yeah, yeah. Like let's before we start getting too far down the road, let's let's see if there's something that we can incorporate into our processes that will um, just make us more efficient, make us well, better got, at estimating, make us. So you got you know, your Michael Jordan, right? You are the Michael Jordan. Brandon's your Scotty Pippen, right? You got your Phil Jackson, <laughs> or maybe what Steve was the Kerr. coach? Steve what Kerr. was the coach they fired um, before Phil Jackson? He Phil Collins, a real good coach, Phil right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so now you're now you need to bring in your. Oh no, you know who you are, John. You're the Tex winner. You're the guy they talked about that created the triangle. The triangle. That okay, they still use, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the behind the winner. scenes. I love it. Because, That's awesome. Yes, you, okay. you know, because not only not only the Bulls use a triangle, but the Lakers did too. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's you know, that's eleven championships right there, man. Man, that you know, that probably makes me feel better than you probably ever know because I, I love that. The guy behind <laughs> the scenes that um yeah. really played a key role that's not any part of, of um, you know, he's the unspoken the people that know know, right? But yep. most people, mm -hmm. that's not the name that rolls off the tongue of most people, right? So that's right. I'll take it. That's uh, that's no, a very nice. I'll call you Tex. Put okay. You. <laughs> You're the Tex. There we go. All right, man. Well, we we what we opened with whiskey and cigars. Um, I'm just about done with my cigar, and I poured my second. I want to I want to close with a a quote that came from that oh that just yes. stood out that was i love well I so loved. you mentioned andy's got two great quotes from that episode right you already mentioned thickest file wins is kind of his hashtag on like mm -hmm. linkedin and stuff like that and it's a great yep it is a great and he lives that you know it's uh and i i really do think that's for people that are on the fence about matterport what you got to consider is if if you have to go to court, I don't think you should live in fear of going to court, but you should set your right. systems and your documentation up 
as though that's a reality, right? And so if CYA, man, cover your ass. It's always just make sure that you are protecting your back. Well, because if you go to court and you've got paper scribbles and somebody's got Matterport, you know, you're just going to get your, you're going to get your clock cleaned, right? So, all right, hit us, hit us with this quote. This is Andrew McCabe, claims delegates. What's the quote? Uh, the, the road of life is paved with squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Boom. I love that. Indecisiveness, yeah. man. It, you yeah. have to, and it, it's, what's funny is like hearing that about that camera. Now I'm going to just like, I, would my job be better or worse if I had right. that? And I'm, I am, in my opinion, granted, I have to do some you know research on it, but for the most part, based on what he was describing, I'm like, I got to get that. I don't, Especially because yeah. it's not 50, we're not talking 50 yeah. to 100,000. It's yeah, five grand. Yeah, gone way down. Yeah. Well, it's like the, when the FLIR so, cameras first came out, the infrared cameras, they were like 12, 14K. And now you can get them even, I had one with the FLIR, um, I think it's the M87 or something like that. Um, it had it incorporated into the meter and some people are yeah. knocking them, but I love that meter. But that, uh, yeah, that you, you do a good job of that. And I think it speaks to your partnership, right? You know, there's, yeah. you're able to focus on the areas that you're really strong and good at. And Brandon takes care of the things that he's really strong and good at. You've brought mm-hmm. in um, Bailey, who's helping expand yeah. your capacity so you can focus on more of those things. And Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool. We're trying to knock out as much as we can in one job block. Mm-hmm. Where now mm-hmm. we've started doing... Uh, just assuming if we get the job, we don't need to come back. So yes. how, the biggest yes. thing is if there's a kitchen, okay, well, I don't want to have to come back and measure the cabinets and the layout. Yep. yep. So what Brandon will do is Brandon will look at and draw out the layout of the kitchen, yeah. you know, the size of the cabinets, things like that. And then I can go and be measuring and drawing out the layout of the space of yep. the whole house. Yep. Yep. So you, you know, you kill two birds with one stone. And so I, I look at that and I'm like, okay, if we just continue to, f- document more and more and more and more yep yeah we may be there for an extra 15 minutes but you know what if we don't have to drive back to that house yeah that's three four five however many hours on that second return trip that we're not having to go well in the last episode what that was what just published was uh pro versus joe 003 we talked about you know um the the pickups from your guys not having to make multiple trips right and that's a I was just talking to another contractor about this. Um, They're talking about scheduling. I was like, we put so much into Xactimate, you know, so much time goes into it, right? You've already, especially in a metro area, you've spent the hour getting there. You're going to be there for half an hour, an hour. You might as well, like you said, spend another 15, 30 minutes, get all of the details, act like you're going to get the job, right? And then then the same thing with your Xactimate estimates. I always try to teach my estimators, write your estimate as though you're going to hand it to a carpenter and they can work off of it. Because if you spend a little bit of extra time while you're writing the estimate, then you don't have to go back and recreate your production plan because you may inspect it. Like you said, what that, that one house that still doesn't have an answer, you may inspect it in February. You may not start it by no fault of your Mm -hmm. own until June, you know, because of all the processes that it has to go through. And so, um, but if you can go and just click on a file rather than having to go back and revisit it and you got the photos, you got the video, you got the Matterport, you got the details. And I think that's what, that's, what's been so interesting, whether it's, you know, you helping us or like what Andy does the, you know, the third party estimators where 
we have to get as much info as we can to make you guys have the ammunition in your gun to get you to, the money. Yep. To, to get the estimate built. So, yep. and the faster yep. you guys can do the estimates, yep. the less questions you have, yep. the less money it costs me. Right. Yep. yep. And it's funny, like just thinking from that, like if we save a hundred dollars an estimate yep. because we're more detailed, yep. well that already makes us more profitable. Yep. 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 So then, okay, if we can shave off another $25, $30, $40 an estimate because we bought this camera, yeah. well, then all we have to do is 100 job blocks and boom, we've paid for it already just by the estimating costs, right? Well, and another great way, you know, when you're talking about the squirrel, the the road of life is paved with squirrels that couldn't make a decision. Another way to think about your decisions is what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario with Matterport is you spend $4,500 and you never use it, right? Mm-hmm. And so can you survive $4,500? Yeah, probably. Right. I mean, that's, right. that's not, that's not pocket change, but the reality is even if it doesn't help your estimating, there's so many other applications for it, yep. you know, like your, your social media, your marketing, your before yep. and after, even mm-hmm. if you don't charge for it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like you said, you got to do a little bit more research and I'm not speaking from a place of, I, I haven't used it. I've used the 3d Rico right. and that is a cool, yeah piece of well and i think i think that goes back to everything he had said was embrace technology in a meaningful way yeah it doesn't have to be matterport it can be something else but i think it's always having your your eyes open to how can we like we i always keep saying work smarter not harder how can i continue to find a better way to improve my my process how can we you know, and, and that creates like that Howard Schultz model we were talking about, that duplicatable process where eventually I don't want to do the job walks anymore. Yeah. But yeah. I have to get to yeah. a place where I can show somebody to how to do the job walks and yeah. know that they're going to do it to the best, like the best way possible to get you or whether we're doing an estimate, you know, fast forward a year, two years from now, we're doing estimates in house. Yeah. When you onboard estimators, you right. want the same process. Exactly. Right? Like we, yep. oh, we use the buddy system. No more flying solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times. We want to make sure that we can duplicate that. So when we do scale, it's not like, Oh shit, we, Brandon and Brian aren't there and we can't make the estimates the right way. The whole way. process is gummed up. Yeah, yeah like we, we don't want that. We want to create something at the, the onset like we are right now where it's like when we get one estimator, two, three, ten, however many down the road, everybody does it the same way. We use the same technologies. Yeah. Therefore, you can train the same people. There's no yes. confusion. It's like when All-American comes to a job site, this is how we estimate. Yep, the process, right? Well, and that's, a, you know, I, I've, I've talked to you about the four P's, your people, your process, your production, and your progress. And process and production go together in your people. And so, but I, I've heard too, you know, set your staff to vision, set your system up to vision, right? So even though you're here, you want to be thinking about where are we headed. And exactly like you said, like if your ultimate goal is to not be the one having to walk the job every day. I interviewed um, Skylar Lewis from Superior Restoration. And he had a great perspective. He was like, they started literally in the carpet cleaning van, no prior experience, right? So I learned carpet cleaning. Once I knew it and had enough business to bring on a second truck, then train that person to do that. And then I went into the office, you know, now I've got two people running trucks and now I'm learning this or doing the BD and then I'm learning the office management. So as you learn the processes, you're creating an SOP, you know, a standard of operations 
uh, standard of procedures um, that you can pass down and and have the right. all American way, right? There's so many companies, big and small, you know, like, well, this is our way, and it's just BS. They don't, because you know, the people never have put in a system. They don't. People hoard information and and don't want to bring somebody in because they're so scared for their jobs or whatever. You know, it's, just, it's job security. It, yeah. They they feel like I'm not going to train my replacement. What, 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 what that's sucks, the one sucks thing. about that is if you create an opportunity for somebody else, like, like you said, your vision should be to move upward and that creates a position for somebody to fill the roles and, res- roles and responsibilities that you were doing, right? You're not more important mm-hmm. than your roles and responsibilities. So you master those roles mm-hmm. and responsibilities. You go to the next set of roles and responsibilities that your company needs as you grow and you bring somebody in to fill that growth. You know, it's not about your right. – it's tough. Like that's easier said than done. It's not about your ego. It's not about you doing everything. It's about what does my company need for me to do for us to go to the next step and the next step, Correct. you know, and then yep. re- be able to bring somebody in that can most likely do your job better than you were doing it, you know, <laughs> cause mm. you're, you're the, you're the one, you know, carving, you know, you're the one carving out the, the dam or, you know, making the road and then somebody else is going to like, you know, fly down it at 90 miles an hour, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's easier that's, said than done to, to be humble. Right. I think that's one thing he said too, was you just need to be humble. Yeah. I don't think Andy mentioned that, but Watley did, but, um, or one of the yeah. other. I, yeah. Yeah. I, and it's funny cause all these people that we interview and, and, um, present company included like, you know, humility is not necessarily, <laughs> you know, the leading, uh, you know, um, I don't think that's something that everybody would use to describe, but well, especially when true. you call yourself the pro, you know, when you answer the phone pro here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey pro what's up Joe. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and like, like we've been bringing out, man, you've, you've got so many, um, you know, maybe we misnamed it, but I, hopefully what people I, I, get, I, 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 I'm a Joe. I, I know I am. I'm, I'm a new well, hopefully what people get from it and what I'm taking from it, man, is it, it is reigniting some of the, the things you take for, uh, for, for granted. And then also, um, you know, the passion that you and, and Brandon are bringing to it, you know, you guys are going to be pros and you, you've got pro perspective on so many things already. So, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun and it's exciting. So <laughs> I can tell you make it right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, or make it, make it, I think it's make it till you make it right. I mean, we're all kind of still discovering as we go. So cool, man. Well, that's been fun. Sweet. Peace. Awesome, man. Adios. What is this amateur hour? 37 minutes. Engage. Well, the ruse is up. So if you haven't figured it out already, pro versus Joe is just an excuse for Brian and I to smoke some cigars drink a few adult beverages, and have a laid-back conversation about the industry. So, dude, if you want to smoke, let's smoke. If you want to joke, then get out, dude. So, we just mask it in a veil of I'm a pro, an inadequate one, and he's a Joe. Obviously, excels in that, you know, he's much more than just a Joe. Um, But uh, more of a laid-back tone. Uh, not that the Diojo is all that serious, but it did start out. Um, I reached out, uh, we were all quarantined and reached out to some professionals outside of the property restoration industry, trying to get some insights on COVID 
and um, you know, reached out to some friends like Jarrett with GMS Podcast and asked, you know, how he does it and found out there's ways to do it that aren't super complicated. And so, um, you know, posted the videos and the uh, audio and then um, Water Damage Daily, which is also a guest on the podcast, um, had some ideas on how to do social media and some of the videos. So I started incorporating that into the promos and then started incorporating those little video blurbs into the uh, podcast as well because um, so I kind of got to supplement it you know it's some some infotainment supplementation but uh, what did we talk about we talked about Lance Armstrong you know um, you know uh, finishing the race uh, regardless of what it takes the toll on your personal and professional life uh, we talked about cigars. If anybody knows a cigar sponsor or would like to become the cigar sponsor for the Pro vs. Joe podcast, hit us up. Talked about Matterport. Um, I know we have some great guests like Andy McCabe. Episode 5 was kind of the catalyst for that conversation. Um, Water Damage Daily, they use that in their uh, professional business. And uh, Watley with Actionable Insights actually does training on Matterport. So... Uh, check that out. We did talk about various collaboration, restoration groups on the social medias that you can be a part of. And, you know, there's some good back and forth and feedback. Um, and then, you know, fighting uh, fighting for your customer, sometimes fighting with your customer, covering your butt, making sure, you know, your principles are intact. So, um, fun conversation. Uh, it just rambles on and on. It's uh, almost unintelligible. Get the... Where's my golf club? You did it again. You fell asleep right when I was... Well, you know, uh, I apologize on one hand. On the other hand, if I fell asleep, that either means I needed the sleep or your your stories are... Bull- and um, thankfully, Brian carried the conversation and has, you know, good insights and input, even though he's the Joe in the equation. But uh, you'll notice they are the sponsor of the podcast now that they have revamped their business to All American Restoration Services. Check out their new website, All American Res, allamericanres.com. Um, it is really a beautiful view, drone view through uh, downtown Tacoma. And uh, if you're ever in the area, hit us up. So thank you for listening. Have a good one.